What up, what up, what up, sports heads, and welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. I am one of your hosts, Cowboy. Fellas? Hey, hey, what it do, KC, Lee 86, live in the flesh. Yeah, what's going on, DB's 1492 here. All right, I know we're a week, uh, maybe about a week or so away from the uh, All-Star game, but we just go ahead and kind of touch bases on it because we haven't had a show uh, since the uh, preview of the All-Star game, but uh, uh, let me get some. Let's just have a little conversation on about uh, what you think about it in the dunk contest and three point. Yeah, uh, like I was telling you, kind of, you know, talking about it <clears throat> before uh, the All Star festivities took place, the game, you know, and everything else. I was telling you, Cal, uh, or telling telling y'all that I felt the three point contest would be was was very interesting this year and competitive. As far as the dunk contest, it's just like, you know, how you were saying, you know, we didn't know if it would be good or not, but turned out to be okay, you know. Uh, what's the guy? I forget his uh, – where is he from that, uh, who won it? Uh, shit. Uh, his name is – hold on, man. I got it uh, in my uh, – I had it actually uh, saved up for something else. Uh, where's the brother at? Here you go. It's uh, the dude from um, the uh, Trailblazers, uh, Anthony Simons. Yeah, Simons. Okay, yeah, I was. I couldn't figure out his first name, but yeah. Um, like I said, the three point contest was competitive. Uh, Chef Curry took that, um, but you know the overall game. I just, I'm just not a fan of that total point. Uh, the first team that gets to, I believe, 170 points. I just wish it would go back to the old way. That's just my opinion. Yeah, uh, LeBron's team pretty much just ran off with it. Uh, he had the better team. His team was more healthy. Uh, it really wasn't that much of a competitive game. LeBron's team was just too stacked. But Giannis did take home the MVP. Uh, as uh, Lee alluded to earlier, uh, Steph Curry got the three-point shootout. Uh, but uh, I was kind of rooting for uh, Mike Conley on that uh, three-point shootout, being that he's a lefty and that he uh, this is his first all-star appearance in 14 years in the season, which is crazy. But uh, as for the all-star weekend and the dunk contest, I mean, the dunk contest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I can really say. Right, right. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, we can move it on past that one, buddies. Uh, let's go ahead and just go into a little bit of football news. Uh, Cam got picked up, uh, resigned by the uh, uh Patriots. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that would happen, but it happened. He got an extension for a year, but here's what it is. I think he'll do good in year two, man, being that he was hurt. And had to deal with the corona and a new system. I think year two of Cam uh, as the Patriots quarterback would be a whole lot better. So I'm rooting for him. Obviously not against us, but yeah, I think he'd be all right. Uh, I did not expect that, as Lee said, um, he would be going back because I heard rumblings that their number uh, one plan was to get Jimmy Garoppolo back. But uh, well, good for you, Cam. Uh, hope you're. Uh, 31 and 31 days uh, challenge on uh, on the YouTube, which your vlog goes good. Uh, you know, he's out there sweating it out in these uh, global classes. 100-pack people in there. I don't know how they do with the, uh, you know, protocol or not. But good luck on the season. I'm glad you uh, got picked up. Yeah. And- hey, B, let me ask you a question. Uh, I am an athlete when he was on there. Judging from the way he was like kind of restraining from dogging the Patriots, you didn't get the vibe that he was coming back from that show. I didn't think he dogged. I don't think, I think he was very respectful of the Patriots, to be honest with you. Right. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like he wasn't dogging them when they were trying to get him to kind of backlash his receivers and stuff. He kept his composure. That's what made me think that he was probably going to end up coming back because he didn't, he didn't talk trash. I mean, he showed him like respect and everything like that. That's what made me. Think that Cam may yeah. possibly come back there. You didn't get that yeah. kind of, but I mean, I, you never know what the dang on Patriots. You don't know what I don't know what Bill Belichick's thinking. 
Yeah, it was just surprising, yeah. you know, because you had yeah. the talk of Stidham on that roster already. Um, like Beats alluded to, uh, Garoppolo was coming up a lot in the Boston area. Um, it, it was just shocking, but like you said on I Am Athlete, that's a good point that you brought up, Cal, when he was on that episode um, where he kind of, you know, really didn't say too much ill will things about the Patriots, but it is what it is. Um, I, I wish Cam nothing but luck. Um, I hope he can get back to his form, but um, just have to wait and see. Yeah, like I said, I wish him the best. It's not against us. But uh, leaving it in the football world, Dak finally got his extension, guys. <laughs> finally got his extension, man. Uh, I don't know the exact details. What was it for, like, four years, uh, $160 million or something like that? Something like that. I thought – wasn't it 126 or am I uh, – or am I tripping? Oh, I'm sorry. You I said, said I thought it mean? was 126 or or is that the guarantee from it? I think that's the uh, – the upfront money I thought was – no, that's just what he gets in the first year. Mm-hmm. First year, but yeah, I, for some reason, one sixty. Oh. I believe it's one sixty. Well, good for him. But yeah, like we're you know we we know how we feel about the Cowboys on this show, but so uh, <laughs> yeah, the biggest good thing, for you, Dak. The biggest thing, you know, like you guys said with the contract, you know, and everything like that, solidified him in Dallas. I just want to see him um, be able to bounce back in a Alex Smith type of fashion, first and foremost, uh, because that was a very gruesome injury um, that halted him. So that's the main thing for me to see if he can bounce back, you know, and be very, you, you know, be successful and efficient with that with a, with such a gruesome injury that stuff. And that's that's well uh, put way of saying it, uh, Lee, because uh, none of us Cowboy fans, but uh, we obviously want to see Dak come back and be able to uh, produce, you know. So uh, good luck, Dak, and uh, hopefully your uh, your uh, rehab and everything works out, and you come back throwing darts for uh, for that team, man. But like I said, we are not Cowboys fans over here. I repeat, we are not Cowboys fans. No, you're not a but, Cowboys uh, <laughs> fan. Stand in the realm of. Uh, you like the I Cowboys mean, beats? not necessarily, but I mean, as far as Dak, I'm glad he got his money from being a fourth round pick and Jerry trying to lowball him and try to play tussle with him and franchise tag him and play around with him. Uh, I'm glad that he stayed firm and uh, stuck to what he thought his worth was and got his money. And another thing they said uh, we're saying is that uh, the Cowboys the way they kind of played around with the signing Dak ended up losing more money with this deal because of so much guaranteed money up front. So they kind of really hurted the uh, organization as itself as we're getting talent for waiting so long and pretty much giving him this quick money uh, contract didn't work out in the Cowboys' favor. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was gonna, uh, keep it going, fellas. Uh, I was gonna say, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, sticking um, before we move it along in the NFL, just kind of backpedal just a little bit. Um, over the weekend, this is kind of going back to basketball a little bit. Um, NCAA basketball over the weekend, you had Georgetown and Villanova um, playing in the uh, playing in the tournament at Madison Square Garden. And I bring this up because this is in, this is involving Patrick Ewing. Um, we talked about this before on prior pods. Um, the security or the president of the Knicks, how he treats, you know, uh, people that has built Madison Square got uh, Madison Square Garden. How he kind of treats them, you know, like they're just regular <laughs> citizens. Um, this goes back to Charles Oakley, Spike Lee, and now Patrick Ewing. Uh, Patrick Ewing. Um, 
My thing is this. It was said that Patrick Ewing was stopped about three times. The coach of Georgetown, this man built Madison Square Garden, okay? And I just kind of thought, you know, we should bring this up. What do you guys feel about this? Patrick Ewing, you guys don't – you mean to tell me no one in Madison Madison Square Garden knows – the the unicorn of a man that built Madison Square Garden. Come on, man. This is three. That's a third strike for me. Charles Oakley, Spike Lee, and now Patrick Ewing. What you guys got on that, man? Uh, me personally, uh, with this whole thing with Patrick Ewing, I just think it's 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 it's. It's starting from up top, which is Dolan. Uh, he's for some reason with him as far as ex stars, former NBA player, uh, former uh, Nick players. He's trying to brush them to the side to make room for the new regime. That's kind of how Spike Lee put it last year when that happened to him. Everybody knows that Spike Lee is a major fixture on that sideline. Uh, if you go to L.A., Jack Nicholson, when he was able to go to the games, he was a major fixture. There's no way he's getting stopped. And it should have been like the same way for uh, <clears throat> Spike Lee. Charles Oakley should not have been exited out of the Madison Square Garden uh, arena in that fashion. And Patrick Ewan should better walk through there in his pajamas if you want to. But it's starting up top with that Dolan guy. And uh, – that's really all I got to really say on it, man, because it's, it's, it's not the security guard's fault. He's doing what Dolan's telling him to do. So it starts with Dolan. And for me, he's a terrible owner. I wish, wish he would sell the Knicks because he doesn't have respect for the, the people that built that organization. But that's all I really got on him, man. Like, it, it's a joke. Man. I was just – that last little part that you said as far as it's not the security uh, person's fault um, – and I and I get that to an extent because I guess I'm just going to play devil's advocate and uh, and I'm just going to say, man, just wear the backstage or the pass or whatever, man. I mean, I get that you're Patrick Ewing, but you know, whoever's the security guards, they have a job, and if they don't see nobody with a pass, I guess they're supposed to stop them. So just wear your pass, man. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's just I get that too, but you know. Not to not to dibble and dabble on this a lot, but I just felt the need to bring it up because it's just like <laughs> for I mean for him to basically have to show his pass a couple minutes after he had just showed one, it's just like really, and he's the head coach of the Georgetown Hoyas. <laughs> it's just like I I just did not understand. Stand that like, but it is what it is. I do agree a lot with Cal saying, you know, it comes from the top Dolan and his weird antics when it comes to security in that or in that stadium or arena. It it's just weird. But I felt like 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 Cal said, man, out of out of everyone, more than Spike Lee, Patrick Ewan, I did not expect that. But another crazy thing related to basketball over the weekend um, or just yesterday, there was a basketball game, a high school basketball game um, uh, with with girls. And during the national anthem of a predominantly black high school girls team, um, they chose to kneel during the national anthem. Um, and the, the broadcaster or voice of the game or whatever that was called in the game, he called the team, he called the young ladies niggers um, for dealing. Um, and he said it on air. And um, he blamed it on his anxiety or some type of something this 
just basically tried to blame it on something, you know, uh, genetically going on, something wrong going on within his body. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, I heard about it, but uh, you said he he he, <laughs> he blamed it on some kind of mental. Yes, something about anxiety thing? or about a very or or something about a. I forget what something else he used. Anxiety was the main one. No, that 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 doesn't work for me. I, I that's no, I'm... no. Now I understand you got to Rex. You know you may shout out something crazy, but no, I blame it on your racism. That you're racial. You got a racial problem. He was upset because they kneeled. They were throwing their their uh, uh, fight against what's going on to black people in America, not disrespecting the flag. Kneeling is not disrespecting the flag. It's, it's going, it, they kneel for the social injustice towards black people. So what's the problem? There uh, is no problem. It's a medical, it's a medical it showed, condition that made it just showed the hate your heart. All team niggers. All right. No, no, I ain't. Buying yeah, I don't it. have anything to say on that. You said it all. But uh, yeah, Cal, you can pick it back up on the NFL talk. I know you was going into uh, some other things as far as our Chiefs and things of that nature. All right, uh, let's just go on to our Chiefs. Uh, talk a little Chiefs football right now. Uh, two vets have been released from the Chiefs offensive line. Eric Fisher and uh, Mitchell Schwartz have been released. Uh, I'll let you guys delve into them. We can bounce off of each other and give us some of your thoughts about it and where the Chiefs are heading, uh, I guess, in the next direction of this, uh, this thing. Yeah, like you said, man, hats off to those guys, man. Um, it's, it just makes it more interesting. Um because Pat does not have no one for his front side or his back side right now. Um, I do think that uh, Niang is going to play a pivotal role in this because um, he chose to opt out right before the season had started. Um, I do think he, I do think he's going to get the first shot at that left position, but um, you know, Schwartz and Fisher, you know, they're, they were both in, in positions of not being healthy. And, you know, um, you know, this is saving the Chiefs uh, cap money and things of that nature with Patrick Mahomes doing what he just did as well, restructuring his contract and doing things of that nature. So um, hats off to these guys. You know, it was a good – you know, eight-year run for Fisher, a good five-year run for Schwartz. Uh, those guys uh, were able to bring a championship here to Kansas City. Uh, they ultimately fell short of running that back, you know. So both of them were not, you know, not even playing in the game. So. But, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I was just kind of shocked that both of them went like, whoa. That's what kind of caught me off guard. Yeah, I, yeah, I was caught off guard too. Uh, what was that Friday morning, or Thursday, whatever that was, Thursday, I believe. But um, that both of them got cut. Um, yeah, it's just due to injuries and um, cap casualties uh, to save money. Because uh, if you can remember, Beach during his Super Bowl press conference said they would be all right if they were at uh, one eighty five as far as the cap, but the cap came in at 182.5. So, um, yeah, they had to just cut some money with those guys as far as since they had injuries. But on your Niang point, I think instead of being at left, I think you you keep him at right where he played in college since he hasn't even played in two years as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I agree with you on that beat as well. But as far as the rest of the line, I don't know. I don't know what – I mean, I know Beach has a plan, but I don't know what the plan is. And you 
And uh, I, I, see, I also seen some of Andrew it, Riley's it, not coming back. It, there's there's going to be a lot of flux. Uh, I <laughs> mean, a lot of different moving pieces on this line. Uh, uh, Austin Ryder, uh, the center, he's going to probably more than likely <laughs> leave in free agency as well. Um, I didn't see that about Wiley. I was just seeing the talks of uh, Ryder, you know, um, leaving in free agency as well. So that's three guys uh, that were starters on your line, Fish and Schwartz and then Ryder. So, yeah, um, I'm interested to see. Uh, I, I, I think I think that the person that really needs to possibly hope that you want to come back is KO Assembly, Kalichi Assembly. You know, um, that'd be big if he comes back. Um, this line needs to get nasty. Whatever they whatever they're going to do, or you know, the brass, like like Beats was saying, beat uh Beats has a plan. So um uh, that just makes this year, this offseason that much more interesting. Uh to just add to that, uh what you're saying as far as they need to be nasty on the line with the type of players that they bring in on the line would tell you where they're going to try to go as far as uh, the offense as a whole um, and what the identity of this team will be going forward as far as the O-line. Are they going to get more – they're just going to bring in more finesse guys like they've been doing or are they going to get some power O-linemen that can knock some E-linemen off the ball and and push you a couple yards so you can run the ball with your running back you don't have to worry about – short yarded situations and picking up first downs and trying to be too cute and stuff like that. So we'll see what type of team they want to be uh, going forward with they do this offseason with this line. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, Beats. Because they definitely need to uh, – we need some, like at least hey, some nasty guys in there Moving stuff, moving stuff around because, uh, like I said, we need to get that run game back to where it was. We all know we're a passing team, but we got to better pull some yardage out our out our butt sometime uh, in that run game. So it, it be it's, it's interesting to see because I know they're gonna get some guys in the draft and uh, free agency. You know, is uh, maybe some guys in free agency. Little, we just have to wait. I have see. seen something that uh, was interesting <laughs> to me as well. Uh, sticking to the realms of the Kansas City Chiefs. I seen something yesterday that was saying we are the favorites to land T.Y. Hilton. What do you guys think about that? I just kind of backspin after you guys go. What do you guys think about that? Um, you know, uh, I, I guess that reaction tells you all you need to know. Uh, I'm not. I, I guess I'm not a big fan of it. I guess I don't. I mean, he's a good downhill threat. I mean, I don't – no, I, I guess I'm not in favor of it, I guess. I would like Kenny Galladay or you're going to swing for somebody, swing for somebody like Ken, uh, Kenny Galladay or uh, uh, what's the other guy's name, Corey Davis or uh, uh, what's the other guy's name, Marvin Jones. But, you know, and I mean, they have a type at wide receiver too. They like those small – guys, which I don't like per se. I mean, I like Tyreek Hill, but outside of that, as far as Miko Hardman and some of these other guys that are kind of, you know, around my height, even though that's not necessarily small, but they're just small in stature, don't have no muscle on them. Muscle on them. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but as far as T.Y. Hilton, no. Yeah, I'm in agreement because, like, when we said uh, on a couple pods ago, how we were saying we need to get some somebody that's a red zone threat in that wide receiver car, we, or we can just throw it up and they can just make the layup. So, uh, not for me. Uh, I, I'll pass on T.Y. Man, we need a big yeah. body guy to help. Like us you said, that that'll be that'll be Tyreek Hill, McCall Hartman, and T.Y. Hill, three small guys that that gets open due to their speed. Um, nah, when I seen that, I'm in the likings of, like I said, like beats kind of alluded to, <laughs> you go swing, swing big, you know, um, Galladay, 
hey, should I even say go go after AJ Green or or or, or Juju? You I was know? just about to I mean, there's it's not uh, a knock on Ty, but we have those kind of guys that Ty is, and we don't have the guy that we necessarily need. And so, nah. Mm-mm. When I seen that, I'm oh no, it's it's too many other guys out there to me. And uh, and with AJ Green, like I said, he not he's not going to be the primary target. I think he'll probably what be like the number three target. I don't know what's going to happen with Sammy, uh, but uh. AJ Green doesn't have to be the, the the number one guy. That's why I think it's so intriguing for AJ Green to come here because he's not going to be that primary focus, and he's going to be able to win us some games just because he's not that main guy. Yeah, I'm looking at, and he's big Martin enough zone. to help us in that red zone. To be honest with you, Kenny Gallagher, Kenny that Kenny Gallagher and, and Corey Davis, they're big. I don't too, think you do. But, yeah. I don't think you. Yeah, I don't think Juju coming out of Atlanta. Sorry about that. Yeah, you're all right. Yeah, I don't see Juju uh, in Atlanta just yet. (laughs) I'm tripping, bro. Damn. (laughs) My bad, guys. My bad, guys. I don't know why I'll be getting Julio and Juju mixed up. Yeah, we already said we said about Juju. Juju don't need to come here. I wouldn't be mad at it. I'll take him over T.Y. You want Juju here? Yeah. Jeez. You take him over. At least he can get open. Okay. You will. I guess as long as he don't come in here with – Nah. I as long as he don't I come don't in here would, but without them antics. You wouldn't take Juju over T.Y. Hilton? Right now, yeah, I'll take Juju. T.Y. Been kind of a forgotten man. Shit, I mean, uh, since the Colts. Because who, 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 where's T.Y. coming from now? Yeah, and ain't nobody. I mean, there's nobody. You still a Colt? I, I, that's a good point you kind of bring up about him, though, that you don't really hear any much about him, but he's there like most uh, – he's like yeah. their best wide receiver. Yeah. Okay. Got a court. Well, like you know, so. like you know, the Indianapolis Colts ain't, you know, we have no quarterback. So yeah, that's probably why we can, I'll say it's been forgotten. But uh, I don't know, man. It's in breach. We trust in Veach. We trust so whatever, breach. He's, whatever he, okay. he does. In breach. We trust. We can make that attack line every week now. The security yeah, we breach. We trust the security breach. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. We got to trust he, he's doing, he knows what he's doing. But uh, if he's smart, and like we've been saying, we need somebody for that red zone. Because when we get that red zone, we just, we can't make it happen. If, if it's going to be through the, uh, the run game. While we on this, I'm going to keep this kind of short and sweet. I don't know. I mean, we always talk about it, though, but um, there's this article that came out maybe a week or two ago on Chiefs Wire. I believe that's the source. And it was talking about how defenses are attacking um, these spread offenses now that are seeping into the NFL, especially in, especially our Kansas City Chiefs since we kind of run, uh, you know, a kind of hybrid of the spread West Coast system. And – the main theme of that uh, article was saying that the defense wants the quarterback to be a spectator. So you're giving, you're giving the uh, and the Bucks did this in the Super Bowl. We said this plenty of times. Why we didn't run it? They were light boxes. They were dropping people back. That's the main point. They want they're daring you to run the ball so that your uh, quarterback can be a spectator. I'm just wondering, what do you guys think about? that thing and should you as an offense 
take the bait and actually run the ball? I know what you think, Cal. I, I'm, this is really a question for Lee. Yeah. Um, you, you, the Chiefs know that they have to run the ball. That's why they, you know, uh, selected Clyde to go, uh, Clyde to Glide, you know, and, and, and got a, a more younger, swifter back back there. But, um, yeah, like you said, they want defenses of playing the Chiefs, they want you to take the bait. We've seen that a lot, a lot of that Roman cover too and things of that nature. Um, yes, you have to be physical. That's why I kind of said what I said earlier about the O-line, the nastiness. It starts up there. If they're nasty, it, it, it gives you a comfort zone to, to – to eat to eat them up between the numbers, um, they're getting pushed, and that takes pressure off Mahomes. He doesn't have to be a gunslinger every play where he drops back. You know, um, I really would like to see the Chiefs, man. You know, put Pat under center a lot more and drop him back and play action coming from under center. That'll make the Chiefs so – because they, they're kind of predictable when Pat is always back there. We talk about it – we've talked about it a, a lot. But the answer to your question, Beats, yes, I, I would want them to take the bait and start running the ball more, especially if the offensive line is nasty. Tal? And to me, to me it's not even <laughs> – taking a bait, it's the fact mm. that they know that you can't run the ball. This Chiefs team, uh, I mean, like I said, they had a couple games where Clyde had a good game, but that offensive line per- prevented us to have a solid run game. So they know what we're going to do, and that's throw the ball when, because when, we can't run the ball. When K.O. went down, so it ain't even, when K.O. went down, <laughs> You said what? It, it, it's the offense changed because before KO went down, they were running it down teams' throats, really. And that's why I said, man, injuries and things of that nature. But I felt they had a good game plan before injuries kind of derailed that whole line. Yeah. And I got one little thing about uh, from this article. Yeah. Uh, and this probably answers why we keep seeing that kind of four verticals with a, uh, you know, maybe a tight end over the middle like Kelsey um, on some of those plays. And that's why you see it in Madden. Um, the article stated that uh, the reason why uh, spread teams like to run that all the time is because it works against different defenses because it stretches them so far. But I think with the Chiefs, you know, with the, with the defense playing back so far and not trying to let them get over the top, um, Mahomes has to, uh, you know, I guess with the baseball analogy, that don't don't swing for the fences. Just get your singles and get on base. Keep the chains moving. And but 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 mm-hmm. but Andy mm-hmm. Reid has to dial up That's some plays, issue. like Lee will always say. Where's the slants? Where's the where's the sticks concept? Where's the where's the the drag in the in the floods? Where 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 are those concepts? Right. They don't dial them up enough. They dial them up, but they don't dial them up enough. I I just don't get it. Like with Andy Reid being a the wizard or the quarterback whisperer, as Lee calls them, as you know, these guys are playing these defensive sets. Why, why, like you just said, using the analogy of just getting on base, why aren't you doing that? Like, why are you still going for the Gusta? And, you, and the, the dude's got you on lock. And tear up, tear him up and underneath. A lot, Make and a lot of it has to do with Andy Reid kind of being with the canny ability of Patrick Mahomes. Let's be real with ourselves now. We all know as fans what Patrick Mahomes can do. Andy Reid knows what Patrick Mahomes can do. And a lot of times I think that kind of tell that that kind of takes his attention away of just working to get to that big play. 
where it's like, all right, kid, go out here and let's get a big play going. No, you have to work for, towards some of that. If you're going to tell Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball like that all the time and, and look to make a play, things have to be drawn up, you know, where you're throwing little sharp passes that is looked at as a run play or – you know, anything. You have to draw that stuff up because best believe Andy Reid was drawing a lot of that stuff up, like Beats is saying, the slants, the floods, and things of that nature. Uh, receiver screens. Receiver screens. When they had Alex Smith, there wasn't that that arm strength was not there. So it wasn't Alex, go out here and hit him with a big play. No, they they schemed Alex up a lot of times in games to, to where he could hit a big play. It's because they were hitting teams with, like Beats likes to say, the death by a thousand cuts, and then just cut your neck off when you least expect it. That's what you got to do. You got to set teams up, you know, you know set them up. That- Andy Reid needs to realize that this Chiefs offense being figured out. Right. Everybody knows the pack has the big arm. That's why they play him the way they play him. You need to change it up to adapt to how these teams are playing you, which I'm very surprised he haven't did that yet, done that yet. Maybe that's something they're going to work on in the offseason as far as pack come away from under center and things of that nature. And- but we don't they don't figure Pat out. We yeah, when Pat won the MVP that year, right. nobody knew Pat was not capable really of the way he played. Teams have nobody knew Pat that. out. Another thing that was very telling in this Super Bowl defeat is if your linebackers have speed and are disciplined, they're gonna they're they're gonna have about a 75% chance of shutting your main target down, which is Travis Kelsey. Okay. That was another thing. If your linebackers are good tacklers, good covering linebackers with some speed, that kind of eliminates Travis Kelsey too, guys. That was very telling in Super Bowl 55. And the Chiefs need to also have a game plan to where it's not just Travis Kelsey on those critical third downs, some stuff we were used to seeing them get away with in the season where Kelsey Abel is out because he's just, you know, in a mismatch. But Tampa Bay is one of those teams that had guys that can match up with Kelsey and it showed. And I think that's what halted the offense as well. They did a very great job of taking Kelsey out of that Super Bowl. Yeah. Go ahead, Cal. And also when you got dogs on that defense as well. Also, when you got dogs on that defensive front that's beating our uh, our guards, Pat's running all over the field. <laughs> I mean, I'm just interested to see mm-hmm. what's going to happen with this offensive line because that's more important. I agree. Right that's now. how you build your team, and that's why that's, yeah. that's why what I said earlier, are you going to try to keep getting these finesse guys like you've been doing, or are you going to get some power, big hubba hubbas up front that can bulldoze? Uh, you know, knock somebody off the ball and push them forward and get you, a, you know, a couple yards and let you run them and let you run them back, uh, slice up the linebackers. Agree. Agree. Hit it right on the head. But did you guys see that they were talking about bringing Mike Rimmers back? Uh, no. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they should be bringing him back for a starting position on the line, but I do, I do think he would provide good depth. What's your guys' take on Rimmers? Uh, uh, pretty, pretty much looking like he will be back. So, it, in that context, if you're talking about in a Cam Irving swing tackle position, probably so. But uh, if he is going to, uh, if there is an injury and we have to, uh, you know, shift the line around. I guess, if anything, put him at right guard. That's where he seemed most comfortable because in the Super Bowl at left, he looked lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with Big Tony. I mean, I'm, I'm following him coming back. 
Well, as, uh, I'm with you as well, with Lee, uh, as a complimentary player to help build that. Yeah. But uh, but they're, they're, I'm just worried about no who, reason who's to our starting line. Like I said earlier, uh, Niang. Um, you don't know what's going on with uh, Osimile. Uh, and then just to kind of shift gears a little bit, uh, the Chiefs were awarded two extra compensatory picks for this upcoming draft that I've just seen a couple days ago. So uh, I do think now the total picks are up to nine. I thought it was eight. Or eight. Yeah, there you go. Eight. So that was good to see that we had earned. I don't know. I don't know the terms of how we got those compensatory picks, but we Um, earned two, two more picks. Uh, the Kendall Fuller that left and went to Washington, and then uh, Emmanuel Ogba that left and signed with uh, Miami. Gotcha. There you go. There you go. There they go. Yep. That's right. And I forgot. I forget we got the kid coming back. Um, yeah, Niang. That that's the opposite. out. That's who I talked for about. coronavirus. That's what who he's been talking about this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about him. I th- yeah, 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 yeah. My bad, uh, sports says, yeah. I, it just dawned on me, but I forgot I forgot his name. Obviously, he sat out. But, uh, okay. I mean, it's, it's, some, it's some positives. And then, then the other big dude uh, that went down, he said the bone out. Oh, family. Who he – Not, who, uh, not the dog. I mean, uh, who Lee's been talking about the this other whole brother time. that was dogging it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. I know that beats. I'm just saying. I'm just going back into it, like, well, like you know, to add on that, um, his, I saw a video, a video of him on social media working out. He seemed, he seemed to be moving pretty good, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's good news. That is good news. And I was gonna mm-hmm. say another thing: the doc, he's slated to come back as well. He opted out to choose to, you know, battle the coronavirus pandemic. Um, with his medical credentials, respectively. So um, he's slated to come back as well. So it's it's some interesting things on the fly with this Kansas City Chiefs team. All right, all right. Uh, any other uh, NFL news before we move it? Free agency on. is coming up this week. That's all I can say. It's just, it'll be yeah. the start. Of, it'll that's... be the start of free agency, I believe. When, yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday. Correct. <clears throat> we just sit back. And... All right. Free agency starts Wednesday, so we'll, we'll definitely be back Friday to definitely touch bases on that and uh, the moves is happening on that. Uh, with free agency being open Wednesday. But uh, in other news, we're going to shift it on to boxing. A boxing legend has passed away as of last night. Uh, Marvin Hagler passed away at the age of uh, 66. Uh, I don't know the exact cause of death, but uh, rest up, buddy. Uh, he was a great boxer. He definitely was before my time. But I remember seeing highlights of him. He's one of my uh, brother's uh, favorite boxers. And uh, I just hate that, you know, for a uh, legend like that to go, I don't know what was, what was the circumstances of his health, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, rest in peace. Just say Marvin. rest up, uh, Mr. Marvin. Hagler and uh, Marvin, marvelous hack. You know, um, my dad was very shocked when I told him about that uh, about Hagler passing. And uh, you know, uh, I seen a lot of his fights. You know, um, you know, just as just living and going back, watching old boxing clips. He was a hell of a hell of a fighter, you know, um, he never, like my dad was telling me, he never really got back on track once he lost, he felt he was robbed out of the, uh, out of the fight with Sugar Ray Leonard because he was on top at the time and Sugar Ray Leonard came out of retirement and beat Hagler and took everything away from him. And he never really recovered after that. He moved over to England, which I think he currently resided you know, um, during the time of his death, I'm not for sure, but he was that messed up that he just he just moved over to England and got out to the United States and felt he was robbed when Sugar Ray Leonard 
beat him, which was actually his last fight. He never fought again after that because he was just tore up, you know, that, that Sugar Ray Leonard beat him. But, you know, that's just a little bit of history on Hagler. But uh, rest in peace to a uh, to a very well good uh, champion and um, teacher of boxing, Mr. Marvin Marvelous Hagler. Yeah, I don't know too much about this guy. Um, before we got on the podcast, Cal uh, brought it up, I believe. Um, so uh, I don't know much about this uh, boxing legend, but uh, rest in peace and uh, condolences to your uh, friends and family. Right, right, right. All right, fellas, uh, I guess that. with that being said, um, that real quick, that. So I know, uh, like Lee always says, quick, uh, Royals rap. Um, the Royals are doing, uh, I mean, it's it's spring training, um, but uh, they're doing pretty good, man. Uh, you know, um, the pitching is coming along, um, the bats are coming along. Uh, Bobby uh, Witt Jr. is uh. Is, is killing it right now, even though I don't know if he's going to make the opening day roster, nor do I think he probably should since he hasn't even played any minor league ball since minor league baseball was uh, canceled last year due to COVID. Um, but I uh, maybe get him a couple games down in the minors, uh, keep him down there probably for a month or two, and then probably bring him up if he uh, does all right down there. But, yeah, the Royals are doing all right, man. So, uh I'm just I'm just eager to see how the first month of the uh, regular season goes and see if they can try to stay afloat or at least get off to a hot start. What you guys think? Well, yeah, that's hey, that beats. I'm glad you brought it up because, like I said, <laughs> um, the Royals with with the nucleus that they kind of brought back, what they had in those uh, <laughs> pennant rate in those pennant runs. Um, you got Gerard Dyson back. Like you said, that pitching is coming home along. Uh, those bats with Santana. And then uh, it, it's just uh, it, it's just a good thing to see Ben Attendee. He's coming into a zone. Um, it's just a real good thing to see. And that's why I've been telling you guys that before they got off in that, and I was going to bring it up. I just, you just caught me off guard with it, but. I'm glad you've been noticing that the Royals been handling business. I think, I think, I think they can be successful. I think they can. I, like I told Cal, this year, uh, you know, looked at as a, you know, competitive year. I think, and then next year, really. But I think they, I think they can continue. Um, me personally, obviously, yeah, I'm pulling for the Royals, but I'll just wait and see what they look like a couple months in the season. In spring training, uh, they're out, you know, trying to get everything clicking on all cylinders, but uh, yeah, I'll wait to see where we're at. I understand that. Into the season. Yeah, baseball's a home game, you can't, yeah. And if you, I think, I think, yeah. I think, just to be honest with you, I think we have only lost twice in this spring training. And this is the thing that's telling me that this team is going to be good is that they're not just beating teams by a run or nothing. They're putting up 10, 12 runs and holding teams to two to three runs. Like this team has some good hitting and some damn good pitches that can anchor a lead down and put the foot on your neck. I know it's spring training, but this pedigree in the spring that you're seeing with all these runs and this good pitching, that's just not by coincidence. That's good coaching. That's good pitching, and that's good hitting rotation. I'm with you, Cal. See where this team is at in about a month, month and a half when the season starts. And I got a feeling we're going to be talking about the Royals a lot. All right, all right, all right. Uh, well, with that being said, that concludes the episode of Sports Talk KC Sports Heads. 
we will be back Friday for sure to touch bases on what's going on as far as the uh, NFL free agent frenzy. Uh, hopefully our Chiefs can pick up some players in this and just we'll see what happens with it. Uh, with that being said, I am Calvion. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at DB1492 uh, on all social media platforms. Um, and then if you like this podcast and you want to help support us and uh, grow the podcast as far as the sports and community, uh, just give us a like and follow on your preferred podcast network and then be sure to follow the Sports sports Talk KC Facebook page. Sorry for butchering that. And see if they said for you, what can I they can find? be reached on the Sports Talk KC page, Facebook, and Instagram, Lee86, Random Jones. Um, yeah, you know, um, like, share, and subscribe, how Beats always says. Just keep tapping in, tapping in. We got the new look, new year thing going on. So uh, we're steady working. And, you know, appreciate everything um, for everyone that listens to us and just keep supporting us. Yo. All right, all right, all right. Sports here. We up out of here. We'll see you guys Friday.